Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hi, everyone. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I'm excited to welcome our very special guest today, Nicole Blake Johnson, Managing Editor at GovLoop. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We're excited to hear more from you. I'm excited to be here. I was actually wondering if you could hear my four-year-old downstairs, <laughs> and I was like, is he joining the podcast? Oh, <laughs> well, he's welcome to if he wants to. No, just kidding. Um, Perfect. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. First, I want to talk a little bit about GovLoop. So tell us about GovLoop, what that is, and then your role there. Yes. So GovLoop is the knowledge network for government, but what the heck is a knowledge network for government? (laughs) Um, It really is an online community of over 300,000 federal, state, and local government employees who are passionate about public service. And They come to GovLoop to learn, to grow in their careers, and so we offer a variety of different ways for them to do that, whether that's through articles that we write on the website about uh, news updates or things they need to know or what's current and what's happening related to issues that impact them, everything from management to how do I deal with this boss to technology with it impacting the way that they work and serve the communities. So doing that, uh, free online trainings, self-paced courses, it just runs the gamut. And we have a host of different types of content products to help tell stories in different ways. Since we all know we're different learners, so we're trying to um, meet people where they are because not everyone is um, in the weeds with cyber and they need some help getting there. Some people are. So it's really nice we have something for everybody. That's amazing. So the 300,000 people, like what types of roles do they have? Oh, yes, we have directors, we have chief information officers, uh, so all C-suite level. Um, We have program managers, project managers, analysts, administrators, specialists. Shout out to the librarians and the nurses who are attending our events and downloading our content as well. We're seeing more of um, equity officers and people in the DE&I space, which is really cool. We have people in HR, finance. So really it runs the gamut. And that's that's what makes GovLoop special, right? We're writing to literally a community of government employees and we have to be mindful of that. You know, some, for some people, if your publication is dedicated to cyber, you can tell stories in a specific way because everyone understands what zero trust is or what FedRAMP is. But that's not the case with our readers. And these are the people who need to understand. You can't keep using the same language and just keep talking to the same small group of people who are the quote unquote experts. We really need to expand this, invite everyone in because we're all a part of the solution and problem at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love about GovLoop. That's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, a very unique sounding platform. So like to join that network, what do people have to do? It is free. All you have to do is go to govloop.com. You'll see on the top, uh, top right hand corner where you can sign up and really signing up is creating an account. And uh, once you create that account, we will 
honestly, not even just once you create the account, but really creating the account allows you to stay in the know. So you have an mm-hmm. account with us. You can sign up for um, the types of resources, events, happenings that you are interested in, and then you'll um, get that straight to your inbox. You can sign up for our daily newsletter. Um, I love our community because they're vibrant and they are not shy. That's so awesome. when we have these online trainings and we have open chats and other features, there's so much connecting going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're really focused on building out to like side programs where people can get more of that intimacy. So we've um, really started up with the LinkedIn groups and really, you know, um, kind of hitting the ground with those. We had done some Facebook groups in the past Mm -hmm. as well. And these intimate communities allow people to be honest. You know, when people say like, we need open and honest Mm -hmm. conversation, like who really wants to do that sometimes in a chat or the questions they submit? Uh, which we have seen some, our session on bad bosses, that got real, <laughs> real, real fast. Wow. And so um, I love these groups because people can be like, look, this is what I'm dealing with. Um, this is what I'm facing. Has anyone experienced this? Does anyone have resolutions? Because people are really, like I said earlier, looking to learn and grow in their career. So it's very intentional mm-hmm. when they're connecting with us. That's amazing. And it's such a unique way to get content out there and you see it directly impact your community. Whereas like the other publications, it's like, you know, articles go out there and, you know, they're there and you don't know the impact that maybe it's making, but these kind of groups and um, different topics, you can really see those conversations happening, which is super unique. It's so real. Um, We use Slack a lot. We were talking about that earlier Mm -hmm. before we got on the podcast, Slack (laughs) is life. And so um, we have a channel called the virtual quote wall. And we always share comments that people, whether it's emails to our inbox, a comment on an online training, and to see the breadth of the types of people who comment, like we you know, did a host of uh, trainings related to COVID and response, and to see people mm-hmm. with titles of first responders and nurses and all types of things responding and saying how helpful this was for them. It's like, it brings you to tears because it's a, it's, it's a real connection with people. It's not just thrown out content mm-hmm. because we can or because we should, but it's like people really need this to get something done today. And yeah. it's so meaningful and purposeful. So I, I hold on to my little emails and, co- and comments that I get as well. And it just reminds you of your why, like, mm-hmm. why are we out here doing this? And I'd say that's one of the things for me working at GovLoop that has set it apart from different places I've worked in the past. Um, our mission is so strong. Like you, when you day one, before you get to GovLoop, you know why we are here. Yeah. <laughs> Connect government to improve government, help government employees do their jobs better. Like the ethos and the culture, we know why we're here. So. It sounds like it. Yeah. That sounds very powerful and, and very tangible too, which is really cool. So your role as managing editor, what does that look like? And what does that mean? What do you do? Yes. So I manage a team of amazing writers and I'm not just calling them amazing because I'm on this podcast. (laughs) I tell them, Christine, every day they know that, um, that they are amazing. And myself, uh, the team, as well as my boss, the director of content, we, we work so cohesively. If we were back in the office, I don't know if you'd be able to tell who was a managing editor or who was this role or who's a senior staff writer, because we all work so well together and we're joined at, at a common goal, which is really how do we tell stories at the intersection of technology and management and government and what are the needs that are present in our community? I love that. Something my boss always says, he's like, what are the needs that are present in our community? (laughs) And so so that's how we start deciding, okay, what are we going to cover and how are we going to cover it? 
the nice thing about having a community is we cannot tell all the stories. And so we really invite our community to share their expertise and, and tell stories mm -hmm. as well. And so working with the team, it's really there to set vision. I always say like my job is to remove red tape and boundaries for other people and to help them soar. Like really that that's why I'm here. In addition to that, I also get to tell cool stories and things that I'm passionate about. Um, our team, and I say our team, meaning like the content team at GovLoop, we work so closely with animators, designers, mm -hmm. our marketing team, right? Because back in the day, I know the old school journalism way I was brought up, you write your story, your editor sends it off into the abyss, and then it appears. Like <laughs> you did not work closely with designers or other people, or even to have the, um, people sharing your stories via email and social to understand what is this about? And so there's a lot of collaboration at GovLoop to make sure everyone's on the same page. Cause I always tell, you know, my colleagues, I say, we are all storytellers. We just do that in different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. And so what are the types of stories that are, um, well, you mentioned some of them that are being written. What is one that like you think is um, kind of memorable or one that you kind of stands out for you? <sighs> like choosing your favorite child. I only have one, so I don't have to <laughs> worry about that. I'll, I'll say this for me on a personal note, because this was actually a project that just wrapped up, but, um, and it's, it's online now uh, at, at govloop.com at our uh, GovLoop Academy, you can see it, but it's a course that I was able to write and narrate, and it's five questions to guide your conversations about racial equity at work. And uh -huh. I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about just how proud I am. First off, that GovLoop creates space where we can tell stories like this mm -hmm. because you can't do that everywhere. And the fact that I can do that here, that it's acknowledged that our community, they're whole people. Mm -hmm. While they might come to our website for one thing, like we can't negate all the other facets of their life. And so to be able to tell this story when you have you know, social unrest that was happening 2020, what a year, right? Mm -hmm. So many things were happening and you found organizations caught off guard. And I put that in air quotes because they really shouldn't have been, but not knowing how to address issues that were happening, conversations about racial equity at work. And so to put out content for our community at a time where you're seeing, um, you know, the Biden administration calls for diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, People are like, okay, you know, for those who are already going down this path, great. They're looking at how do we continue? How do we make sure we're resilient, dynamic? But there are others that are like just starting. This is totally brand new to them. Mm -hmm. And so to help guide people on this journey has been so rewarding. I'm so excited about that. It really took a village because I, I at first did not propose this course. <laughs> My boss did. At first I was like, know how the people will respond and it's nice to have someone who encourages you and who can see the value and reach of the work that you do so yeah. I really am grateful for that and the animators that came together shout out Kelly and Andrew you all are the bomb um they did a beautiful job and I'm, I'm so glad of how it all came together that's amazing and that I mean Nicole that's so impactful and so important to do and so people can view that now that's up on the site if they want to yes, check it out I oh, will great. make sure to share the link I don't know yeah. if the links are attached to the podcast but I'll definitely make sure to yeah share. no we have a blog that goes along with it so we can definitely okay. put that in the blog but that sounds really amazing and um, I mean your passion comes through talking about that important topic so I'll definitely tell everyone to check that out yeah
Um, and then let's see. So tell us more about the GovLoop, GovLoop contributor program, because I know you guys accept content, correct? We do. This is such a good time and timely for us to talk about it. This is a program that predates even my time at GovLoop. Shout out to my former um, con uh, boss and, and director of content who was here and, and really launched the program in, in put some what is the word that i'm looking for i was going to say boundaries but no it's kind of like we had this idea and like structure structure there you go. yeah there you go right <laughs> I'm like, put some structure on it uh because they're like i was saying earlier so many stories out there that are often not told and i do know that there are some in government who i remember hearing this from someone who um i think maybe was working in an uh an ig office and was kind of like, we don't want to self-promote. And I kind of hear that sometimes, like, we don't want to self-promote what we're doing. And I'm mm -hmm. like, there are enough stories about what's not going right. We should actually also hear some stories about what is working. With <laughs> That's people. true. Great. So people can replicate that. And when I say people, we know that it's not just full-time government employees, but the contractor community who works so closely. I mean, I can't tell you when I go in, well, pre-COVID, went into a government building, I couldn't I couldn't tell who was a contractor and who, who was a full-time government employee. And so what, what this program is meant to do is provide a platform for people to share their best practices, their how-tos, insights on um, happenings in government that affect people, whether it's on the technology side, the management side, or at the intersection of both. And um, we do have specific guidelines. We want these pieces to be conversational and really to, to tell um, the story about issues that relate to our community. So I have specific categories we're looking for because it's one thing to just you know throw out a topic, but oftentimes it needs framing, mm -hmm. like a focus, tell people what they need to know and why they should care. So some of those framing topics are around leadership, around um, communications around, um, like I said earlier, diversity, equity, inclusion. So if you're passionate about cyber, there is a way to tell cyber that invites everyone into the conversation. We have had some people talk about diversity in the cyberspace mm -hmm. and how important that is and how we need to look at upskilling and reskilling and how that actually works and how it's shaping up. So I will also share the link for that. Applications are due July, the end of next week, which okay. is pulling up my calendar, July 9th. Our program starts the 12th, but we are accepting applications on a rolling basis. So if that's something you might be interested in, um, you can definitely reach out my email address, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E at govloop.com or featured contributors. Um, is that featured contributors? Let me before I tell a lie on this podcast, <laughs> let me get that for you to put yeah. in the notes as well. So yeah, we no. have a separate inbox for that program as well. Oh, but yeah. yeah, that's super important and a kind of a different take on it because we see so much content being written out there and a lot of it isn't is, is about what's going wrong or just kind of pontificating on different topics, but to actually have more tactical and more tangible, like how to do this or here's what I did and what you can learn from it. I think that's super important. Oh, the pontificating. <laughs> <laughs> Christine, it is real out there it in is. the streets. And it's so, real. Um, just because people, time is precious. You know, like I said, people are coming here. They they truly want to do their jobs better. They want to learn. They want ideas. Sometimes it's hard being the first. And if you can mm -hmm. show that someone else has done it, you know what I mean? It gets you that much step further. And then you have all these new types of things coming out and DOD, the, you know, CMMC and mm -hmm. now there's state ramp and there's all these so things much. and people are like, oh, so what does that mean for me? How do I, 
engage with this. And so really our contributors help to tell the stories that are meaningful, that matter mm-hmm. to people in their jobs. So really yeah, it's, yeah, it's so refreshing to hear that um, from you and that GovLoop has such a distinct purpose. That's very unique um, and sounds like it's very useful for a lot of people. Very. We, like I said, get the comments, emails. Uh, I've had people, uh, you know, write into us and say, hey, we have a training or something coming up at work and we want to use this content to to help train others. Can we do that? Or we've been asked before uh, to come in and chat with people at agencies about the, the work we're doing and we're writing and how that ties into their job. So it just, it it is very rewarding to know that your your work is helping Yeah, it sounds like it. So then more about your background. How did you get to GovLoop? Um, I know you've had other media jobs in the past. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got started. Yeah, um, how I, if I could take a quick detour and I'll be super quick, but even (laughs) getting into journalism, it was really on a whim. I knew that I love listening to stories writing, asking questions, AKA I was kind of nosy, but But I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. I really did. I thought I was going to work on injured athletes and I had played traveling basketball, survived an ACL tear, all the, you know, battle scars that come with playing sports until I did an internship in high school and saw a total knee replacement. And I said, this is not my calling. And so when I did college applications, I thought, well, I like to write, I'll major in journalism. It was that basic. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the best decisions that I could have made. I never thought I'd be writing about government issues, let alone tech and management. When I started in this space, you know, over 10 years ago, I was like, what is the cloud and where do I find it? I'm lost. (laughs) I love the honesty with that. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Literally went to our IT department and asked if someone could show me a server. Like I... (laughs) I I signed up for tours to go see what a data center looked like because I went from doing education reporting to covering government technology and it just didn't feel, I couldn't connect. And that was where I was struggling. And I'll never forget one of my editors told me, Nicole, at the end of the day, it's about people and never forget that. And that has been the guiding light with every position that I've taken. And now being at at GovLoop, I started as a as a staff writer, uh, writing about tech at a time when there were not commercials about the cloud in mm-hmm. cybersecurity on TV. And, uh, you know, worked my way up and, and did some more writing, more covering, going to these events, you know, there is no shortage of events right. in DC. I lived on the, the conference scene just mm-hmm. to meet people, to ask the stupid questions that no one else wanted to ask, even though they didn't know, I asked them. And that really worked in my benefit. And I started at GovLoop a little over six years ago as a staff writer, became a senior um, technology writer, and then um, worked my way up to managing editor, a role that had not previously been there, but that was created um, for me to continue my passions here and sharing and grooming other people, investing in their future and in my own too. So it's been an amazing journey. The fact that I could be writing about something very technical one day and something else that is equally as important Mm -hmm. the next day that has, you know, I was about to say nothing to do with tech, but that's not true because when we talk about emotional intelligence and all those things that people call soft skills, there's nothing soft about that. If you can't get that right, I don't know how you're going to get the other stuff right. (laughs) 
So true, but it's amazing too, right? How much you can learn every day about something brand new when you're covering the tech space. Um, It's incredible. Like, you know, going from not knowing what a cloud is to, you know, writing these articles and helping train people on certain issues. I think definitely have been quite a journey for you. And it sounds like you've definitely learned a lot along the way. I have, and I really feel like I'm finding my stride. Uh, I think sometimes as a journalist, you can get so caught up in the passion for telling the story and helping people that you forget when you go home, you're a part of that community. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to look at things differently, like, you know, I, when it was time to vote and there were options to do uh, vote by mail and the form, like who designed this form? Like, tell me about like this user experience online. I'm looking at things in different ways and I'm reaching out to my, you know, elected officials now as that as that as that constituent, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it matters, and I'm looking at things in different ways. You know, to hear in my family group chat, my mom and grandma talking about ransomware. I'm like, what in the yes, world? What? that's the craziest, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm seeing this blend of my work life that used to be that thing over there seeping into my personal life and how I balance those two and can have conversations with people and be that bridge between the technical folks and the non-technical folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really love that. Really. Yeah, it sounds like it. And that's super important. Um, so how, how did the pandemic impact um, GovLoop and everything you guys do? Yeah, well, I will say from a staffing perspective, we, we went remote and mm-hmm. uh, we will be remote. So that's been you know flexibility to be able to have that option. You know, there's all the conversations about the hybrid workforce and the Zoom fatigue and how do we do all these things? We were writing from a place of, we're not, like, we're living this with you. So we're in the right. going through all of this with you and to see how we really were able to be resilient. And I think like any other wise company looking at policies that you have that were written for an in-office period in time. How do we rethink things? What, you know, a lot of our culture was based on being in person. We, most of us were in the office in person. And so we could see each other, go out, mm-hmm. do these different things. You know, I'd stop by Potbelly and pick up cookies because I could, and we need yeah. cookies at two o'clock. They have good, they have good cookies there too, okay, right? though. <laughs> because we needed to do that. Puzzles in the office, like all of these things. So how do we recreate that in the virtual world is something we've really been focused on that has been really nice. So I'd say it's been a shift for us and it's allowed us in a way to tap into what our community is experiencing and what we're doing in real time and share what we're learning with them and what mm-hmm. they're learning with the rest of the community. So it, it's been an experience, I think in a positive way because it could have went many different ways. Yeah. Not every organization is thriving or doing, doing well and it's unfortunate, but I think having leadership that's really open-minded that back to our mission and why we're here, back to caring about people because if you don't, it's showing now it's showing now. And so for us, I just think that was huge. Absolutely. And also like all the content and best practices that you share with the community during this challenging time is just so important. Um, I'm sure there was a a lot of influx of people coming to the site, looking for information, looking for tips on how to handle certain situations too. 
Yes, it is so interesting, the variety of people, you know, sometimes you write something and you're like, okay, I know this is something for everyone, but you're expecting a certain type of person to download this. But then Mm -hmm. when you're seeing all kinds of people in different roles downloading something because they all care about security in a virtual world, I was like, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. this is, this is something it really it changes how you view topics back to that question that, you know, I said, I love that my, uh, my boss asked what needs are present. Yep. We really had to stay focused on that. Like what's our guiding light. People have limited time. People are trying to spend time with their loved ones. People are trying to survive. How does your content reflect where people are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. And so we've looked at packaging, how we package stories. We've been doing more worksheets. People really like worksheets. So it's one okay. thing to throw all this information out, but when you give them a worksheet that says, here's a worksheet you can use when, you know, trying to decide if your agency should adopt this new technology to support the workforce or whatever the case might be. So try to make them engaging and interactive for people. So not only the, the fact that they can benefit from it, but then they can pass it off and share with other people. So we, we've really been rethinking Mm -hmm. how, how we package content. Yeah. And you can really learn from doing those worksheets too, and really have takeaways, which is super cool. Right. Um, so we have a couple of listener questions, Nicole. Um, so first one was with so many different vendors out there when it comes to tech and cyber, and there's almost a new breach or attack every day when it comes to ransomware infrastructure, what constitutes news now? There was so much saturation going on in, in the industry. Mm, tell me about it. I'm trying to find my way <laughs> through it all too. I hear you, listener <laughs> wrote in. You know, for me, I would say that there is all there's always going to be the coverage that's like the day one story, right? So the headline where it's the known details and ah, oh, this thing has happened. And so for us, when we think about what constitutes news, it's like, okay, so now we see that cyber is not just this thing over here that only certain people care about. It has tangible impacts and what's happening in the virtual world affects what's happening in our physical world. So what I say is the focus really has to be on solutions journalism. Mm-hmm. And how do we tie this to the non-IT community, to those who are not cyber? So, you know, for example, you have the cybersecurity executive order that came out. Everyone Everyone covered the cybersecurity. Yes, they sure did. Right? Okay, so for the everyday person, for the everyday government employee, I don't know if they were reading those stories because they (laughs) probably thought, okay, so there's an executive order, but like, what does this mean for me? There's a lot of technical language in there. Yeah, there were a lot. So a lot to sort through. Right, it was long, and there was a there was a lot there. So us really thinking about this isn't just news the first day the executive order comes out. This is something that's going to be impacting people for months, years, how they work, access things, serve the community, everything's going digital, we got to secure it. And so one of my colleagues is working on a project now where he's doing a deep dive on the executive order and really breaking it down and making it make sense for people. And that does not get old. That is so cool. That's that solution focused journalism. I love that. Yes. Yes. I love that. I know that I had another colleague who took, you know, the cybersecurity topic and really gamified it and, mm. and made it fun for people. I know cyber and fun sounds weird together, but um, <laughs> made it palatable yeah. for people. And, you know, I think for, when I think about what constitutes news, we need to see more of that because there's an assumption made that if it doesn't get written on the first day, when there's usually not that many details, then no one's going to care about it the next day. And that's, 
true. That's not right. true. People have a short attention span and with so much happening every day, I think it kind of amplifies that, but you're right. Doing a deep dive into what does this actually mean and how does it impact me as a person? That's what matters. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. And then the next question we have is how do you leverage social media for work and what are some pros and cons maybe for you or for GovLoop, either one? Yeah. So I, I am on LinkedIn. I am on Twitter for, for work wise uh, purposes. And I like, I mean, I am not a power user, but I do, <laughs> I do use it. I scroll and I post things as well. It's been a benefit for reach. There are people in communities that I never would have had access to or known about had it not been for social media, whether that's in the government tech space, uh, in industry, Black women entrepreneurs who I follow, children's book authors who I follow. I've met amazing people. And actually, I got hired through LinkedIn. <laughs> Love that. I go, they found me on LinkedIn. Well, you are a LinkedIn um, influencer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank it. you. But it matters. And I think it's all in how you use it. So that's definitely a pro. And for a con, I would just say it can take you on an emotional roller coaster mm -hmm. if you let it. Social media can be a very toxic place, but also a very positive place. So I think you really have to protect your energy. You have to learn how to unplug and live your life mm -hmm. off the screen. And um enjoy what's out there in front of you. Get fresh air. As my coworker just told us all today on Slack, drink water. Yep. It's hot outside. So. Stay hydrated. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Yes. Take care of your mental health. And sometimes that means just shutting it down. Absolutely. Could not agree more with you. Well, um, Nicole, before you wrap up, is there anything else that you want to promote that's coming up from GovLoop or that people should be paying attention to? so many things. <laughs> you know, I would say this, if you do not get our daily awesome newsletter, you are missing out. You need to sign up. We have so many exciting things coming up content related. We have our annual next gen government training summit coming up August 4th through the 5th. We will be virtual again um, this year. So when you go to govloop.com, you'll also see information about next gen on there. I can share the link. You all, it is an amazing, and I'm not just saying that because I work at Govloop, <laughs> two-day <laughs> event. Usually when we do these in person, I am guaranteed to cry at least once. Oh, yes. Um, random people give me hugs. If you that, That's the kind of energy that comes mm -hmm. through at Next Gen. Because imagine these are passionate people who um, are excited about what they do. And to get them all together in the same room, in the same hotel, like it was just, it Love was that. crazy in a good way. But the same energy is online as well. So mm -hmm. I highly encourage you to check that out. Look through the sessions and happy to answer any questions you might have. That's perfect. And that is the energy we need for sure. Yes. Well, um, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so refreshing to talk to you and I hear your passion come through and I think everyone needs to definitely go check out GovLoop if they haven't already, but, um, thanks everyone for listening. This has been Christine Blake with Nicole Blake Johnson, the managing editor at GovLoop. Thank you for joining us in today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.